your life, and it's ending one minute at a time. I was blind, but now I see. Working jobs we hate, so we can buy shit we don't need. Ideas are brittle. If you had one shot, everything I'd ever read, heard, seen was now organized and available. Now you fucking khakis. Life moves pretty fast. The Biohacking Secret Show. In today's episode, I sit down with Dr. William Pollock. Pollock has done extensive training in acupuncture, homeopathy, hypnosis, and bodywork, and is the foremost authority on the use of pulse electromagnetic field therapy in America. In his own words, Dr. Pollock started to step outside the, quote, house of medicine, end quote, and study non-conventional, non-medical disciplines after growing disillusioned with the practice of medical doctors at the time, including himself, such as accepting side effects of certain prescription medications as natural consequences of managing pain. Since formally leaving his conventionally accepted practice about 30 years ago, Dr. Pollock has provided consumers with education and a wide variety of PEMF devices to alleviate conditions such as pain, sleep disorders, depression, anxiety, and inflammation using magnetic science, and he's been featured on Dr. Oz as a medical expert in magnetic field therapy. In today's episode, Dr. Pollock and I discuss the amazing health benefits experienced with pulse electromagnetic field, despite most medical doctors' lack of knowledge in its application, structuring water with electromagnetic fields, and how you can literally shift consciousness through different frequencies of electromagnetic pulse. So without further ado, please sit back, relax, and enjoy my conversation with Dr. William Pollock. Hey everyone, I know you'll enjoy the interview. If you'd like to learn more of my top biohacking secrets, get a free copy of my best-selling book called The Biohacker's Guide to Upgraded Energy and Focus for free at biohackersguide.com. It's over 500 pages of my top biohacks and I'll send it to you for free if you cover a small shipping cost. Get your free copy at biohackersguide.com. All right, welcome to the show. I'm here with Dr. Pollock of drpollock.com. He's a practicing natural holistic physician from Baltimore, Maryland and international expert in PEMF therapy, which stands for Pulse Electromagnetic Fields. Welcome to the show, Dr. Pollock. Thank you very much, Anthony. (laughs) So a lot of us are familiar with electromagnetic fields in the sense that they're all around us with the different technological devices that we're using today, our laptops and our cell phones, as something that should be avoided. How are physicians and, and the scientific community starting to use pulsed electromagnetic field as a therapy and, and a treatment modality? Well, they, they've been used actually for decades in other parts of the world, particularly in Eastern Europe and in Europe. So they discovered 50 years ago. Now, back then, Eastern Europe didn't have as much money to be able to buy drugs and treat their population with drugs, but they had lots of engineers. And they knew that electromagnetic fields and electrical fields had significant positive benefits for health. So they started using them about 40 years ago, 50 years ago now. And it's now since then basically come to the West. I was one of the early adopters in the U.S. of these technologies because I got access to that medical information in Eastern Europe on how they were used. They also, like Chinese medicine, acupuncture, is very ancient. It's thousands of years old. And a lot of the principles of acupuncture are actually electromagnetic principles. It works through a current system, current in the body. That's an electrical system. So we use the acupuncture approach to manipulate and manage and therefore treat the body by manipulating current. Well, that's what we're doing with magnetic fields. But we have an additional benefit with magnetic fields. The benefit is that you can reach deep into the body and treat the body deeply. Well, you know, we all, we all know about MRIs, right? 
Everybody knows about that. That's magnetic field, but it's not used for therapy. Although there was one study done, they discovered in Boston that people were getting, uh, their depression was getting better when they had MRIs done. Frequently. MRIs of the brain. No, not necessarily even frequently. Sometimes even one treatment, and that was enough to improve their depression. So they actually took that information from what happened accidentally, or coincidentally, it wasn't an accident. I, I know it wasn't an accident, but it was coincidental from their perspective. They discovered that it actually treated depression. So if we understand the body as an electromagnetic and electrical apparatus, it's basic physics. When you apply a magnetic field to an electrical field, you shift the magnetic field. You shift the electrical field. You manipulate it. You move it. You charge it. You challenge it. And if you do that actively, like you would with an MRI, now you can start to treat the tissue, the body. So we have to get physicians past the idea that it's a, that you have to only do electrical. Now you have to get past the idea that you just do magnetics just for, doc, for, for diagnosis, that it actually can be used therapeutically. And then you have to explain why and what the principles are, et cetera. But the biggest problem in medicine and being able to introduce that into the medical community, which is one of the reasons I don't do that. I don't do that very much at all because it's very hard to convince somebody who's closed-minded and doesn't want to learn, which is what, what's, what's going on with a lot of doctors. I'd rather go directly to the individuals who make their own choices, get properly informed, and then apply the technology. So they don't have the biases. They don't have the... 13 years of medical school programming that they've got to break through to get them to see new ideas. Has your appearance on the Dr. Oz show helped with that at all? It hasn't helped in the medical community. No. But after the Oz show, there was a tsunami, literally a tsunami of interest in magnetic field therapies. All the people who were at that time working with magnetic fields, everybody, uh, a rising tide lifts all boats, and that's what ended up happening. So yes, that, the Oz show created a shift in consciousness because actually that show obviously went to tens of millions of people. They saw it. Even today, four years later, we're still getting calls from people who saw that show who want to know about magnetic field therapies. So that's kind of impact it's had. It's had this enduring imprint on, on the people who saw it, obviously. But the people who didn't see it, uh, you know, obviously they're still in the, in the grip, if you will, of a system that thinks about things in very specific ways. But for doctors, no. In fact, actually, one of the things that they did on that Oz show, Dr. Oz says, you can't ask your doctor about this because the doctor won't know anything about it. Right. He did a letter. He composed a letter that he allowed people to download from his website that they could take to their doctor to get a referral for treatment for magnetic field. And I actually know of one doctor. I heard the story of one doctor pulled a chandelier out of the ceiling. He was so irate that the patient was scooping him, and he didn't know anything about this he said, if I don't know about it, and my teachers don't know anything about it, and the people who run the medical establishment don't know anything about it, then it can't be real. So in, in a sense, in the medical community, it may have had a negative impact because it's too populist. It's coming from – doctors don't like to be pushed by patients who are more educated about our problem than they are. That's galling. Right. There's a lot of, takes, there's a lot of egos involved. <laughs> takes you down a few notches. Yeah. Right. And in this information age, it's happening all the time. It's almost an inevitability with the rate of innovation and the access to information. You want patients that are involved and taking an interest in their own health and working alongside their physician to explore what else is out there and what, what could be helping them. You've mentioned acupuncture. 
and and some similar some similarities with pulse electromagnetic field therapy. What's what's happening on a cellular level with acupuncture and with PEMF therapy for us to kind of understand? Um, in fact, actually, that's a good question because recently there was a paper I read a paper written by a psychiatrist who understands drugs, obviously, because that's all that psychiatrists basically do. They just do drugs. They don't do counseling. They just do drugs. Um, but he's an, he's an academic psychiatrist, and he's interested in magnetic fields because he's learned over, over time researching the, the, mag, the me medical literature that if, if you give somebody Prozac, it works at the cellular level. It works at the synapse, what's called the connections between neurons, that firing between neurons, and then the whether well, you have GABA neurons or dopamine receptors and so on, all that gets activated by the drug you've just given this person. But what ha ends up happening is that as that drug begins to disseminate in among the neurons in the brain, the neurons begin to talk to each other. And how do neurons talk to each other? They talk to each other chemically, but they also talk to each other electromagnetically. There was another study where they actually set cells and they talk cells something it put a barrier between the cells, but they still communicated information across that barrier. Only way that could happen would be magnetic fields. So I thought, and correct me if I'm wrong, that one of the theories in how our body communicates electromagnetically was via water, specifically ordered and structured water and collagen. And the ability of those, those two substances to carry an electrical an electrical pulse. There's more ways you're saying if, if these cells are able to communicate with one another with a physical barrier between them. It's not just water and collagen. There's and, and there's more at play here. All right. So if you take a, a culture of cells, whether it's collagen cells or white blood cells uh, or the uh, or blood itself with live red cells in it or live white cells in it, they're going to communicate with each other without any external stimulation. They're going to try to create a common environment for themselves so they can all coexist to their to a home, what we call homeostasis, so they can be in balance with each other. That happens naturally because of the life force that's in you know in those substances. On the other hand, you can apply an external magnetic field into that same medium, and now you have another form of communication. You could use sound, you could use light, you could use scent. There's many ways of contributing external stimulation into that system. One of the things that I like the most about pulse magnetic fields, the kinds that we're talking about, is they're extremely low frequency. And because they're low frequency, there's very little risk. And at the same time, they pass right through. So it's like me telling you something. Like we're talking online, on Skype. You can see a picture of me, but you can't see me. So I'm clearly not communicating directly with you because I don't even know where you are. But my voice is carrying information, and you, you react to that information. You're not reacting to me. You're not even reacting necessarily to my image. You're reacting to my voice and, and the words that I'm using, that were the messages that I'm giving you as I speak. So that's what happens with magnetic fields. It's, it's communicating with tissues, providing additional information, additional stimulation, in a passive, well, it's active, but in some ways it's passive, in a way that does not directly interfere with them. In other words, it's not like a handshake, where when I shake your hand, my skin's rubbing your skin, my sweat is rubbing onto your hand, and your sweat is intermixing with mine, et cetera, et cetera. That's a physical interaction. And there's a change. There's an exchange 
that happens in that. A physical exchange, an electrical exchange, a heat exchange, you know, a, a water exchange, etc. But magnetic fields don't do that. All they're doing is just the voice. It's just the sound that's passing through. And as it passes through, it shifts things. It makes a change. What is that and change? Our, pardon me? What is that change? That change is charge. It's mostly charge. It's mostly energy. It's a creation of energy. It's a creation of electrical charge in that tissue. Magnetic fields, by causing what you just said before, which is that you've got water, you've got the collagen matrix. These are matrix. It's a matrix, which means it's like walls and floors and ceilings and so on. They have structure to them. And if you pass a sound, if you um, take a sound, a boombox, and put it outside the door of your, the wall of your building, you put your hand on the wall, you'll feel it vibrating. Right? That's what magnetic fields are doing. They're essentially causing a vibration in that matrix, in the, in the tissues and with the molecules, and that causes, again, transfer of information and the development of energy. So our goal with magnetic fields is to increase ATP. And ATP, as you know, is produced by mitochondria in every cell of the body, every mitochondria in the cell. There are hundreds of mitochondria in every cell, and we need that ATP as basic fuel to do the work of the body to do the work of the cell and to do the work of the structures of the cell, including stimulating DNA and RNA, in other words, the genetics of what we are, of who we become, all of that stimulated by the pulse magnetic fields. If, the, if your body is stuck, then the magnetic field will have, well, you'll see a shift, you'll feel a shift, you'll, you'll feel something changing in the body. If the body's not stuck, then the magnetic field simply passes on through and, you know, you kind of look at somebody walking by and you... Note it, right? Um, so if you're healthy, you ignore it. Say, oh, that's interesting, and go on about your business. But if somebody slaps you on the side of the face, well, it's kind of hard to ignore. You're going to react, and you're going to stop what you're doing temporarily, right, until you get over the reaction. Most magnetic fields don't create enough of a reaction to cause that kind of, okay, i got to stop now and integrate this. So except for six cells, which have to stop and integrate it because they want to get better, and that's what you're doing. You're supplying them the energy to then get better. You'd mentioned in one of your papers how pulsed electromagnetic fields can help with uh, decreasing platelet aggregation and improve circulation of the blood. How much of the increase in energy that people experience with pulsed electromagnetic fields has to do with improved circulation, improved oxygen delivered to the cells? Oh, that's very important. And you know, who, who isn't stuck? Well, you should take the average person, except maybe for you, you're not an average person anyway. Oh, well, thank you. And I you think. do a lot of blood butter analysis out there. <laughs> but you may find that you don't have sticky butt. But the average person who sits at a desk all day long, 35, and eating too many carbs, and not, uh, not eating enough uh, fruits and vegetables, particularly raw vegetables, well, their blood's going to be more sticky. Sick people tend to have stickier blood anyway because the illness creates a sticky blood, and you get into a vicious cycle. So yes, improving circulation is a key aspect of, the, of what magnetic fields do, but it's not the only one. And there's a magnetic system being sold out there by uh, multi-level uh, practitioners or marketers whose primary claim is that it's about circulation. It's not. It's about, there's a lot of things going on. Let me, let me tell you a bit more. Anytime a cell is injured, now injury happens because you burn it, you uh, crush it, you, uh, you know, do toxins to it that's infected by viruses or invaded by cancers, whatever. All sorts of things cause a cell to be injured. Even a cell without oxygen is injured. And we have 100 trillion cells in our body. 
any individual cell can become injured. Now, a single individual cell is not going to be recognized by the body as being a harm to the body unless you start to get large collections of cells that have injury. But in that individual cell, the process of injury causes mitochondria to start failing. In other words, it doesn't produce ATP. You get swelling called edema. When you build muscle, you're damaging muscle and you're building, you're building the muscle. So the first reaction that your muscle is going to have to the injury from the exercise is going to be edema. Edema then compromises circulation, right? And then you also, uh, you, you increase the oxidative stress. You increase the acidity of the tissues. All of this happens at the individual cell level called cell injury. Pulse magnetic fields remove every individual element of that injury process. And all research has shown this. Every single aspect of a cell injury is removed by the magnetic field process, the stimulation process. So it's not just circulation. It's not just about circulation. It's also about adding energy, not, not just circulatory energy or the oxygen that comes with blood or the iron that comes with blood. It's about energy itself, ATP. So if I'm hearing you correctly, there's tremendous applications for this therapy for athletes, professional athletes looking to recover faster from their workouts. Uh, my nephew runs the four deserts races, you know, the Sahara, right? The, the Gobi, the Atacama. He's done three of them already. The last, the last one he's got to do is the Antarctic. And I started working with him just before he did the Saharan race. And he was a mess at the end of that race. What device were you using with him? It was a handheld device. Uh, it's no longer available. It's called the Soma Pulse, which a lot of hackers have, have used. We have replaced that with, with a device called the Flex Pulse because it's portable. It's battery operated. You can take it with you anywhere you go. But he was using it prior to training, but he was using it while he was training. He was using it while he was exercising. I have known other guy who runs, well, probably about five miles, five clicks day a day, maybe more. And as long as he's running with his magnetic system, he has no recovery time. Where does he place the electrodes? On his thighs. You can place them on your thighs, you can place them on your buttocks, you can place them on your lower back. I have another friend who actually rode his bike in a race across North America from Seattle to, to Washington, D.C. So coast to coast, and it's a race. What it is basically is a survival race. <laughs> it's not a time race. But he, he used the magnetic fields. Uh, I told him after that race, because he was a mess after the race as well. I said, you got to use the magnetic fields. So he got a sonal pulse, put one coil on each side. The next race he did, he beat his best time ever, and he's 60. Beat his best time ever, racing with a whole lot of young guys. The next race he did in Pennsylvania, which was like a 50-mile race, he beat everybody, even the young guys. I've been using the Flex Pulse, and I love it. I have not used it while training. You mentioned placing electrodes on the thighs or buttocks. How many electrodes, where are you placing them? If someone, if someone is a triathlete and they want to they replicate some of what these, these people are experiencing. Uh, two electrodes, one on each thigh or one on each buttock. So okay. if you take it on the buttocks, you don't put it down low uh, where the sciatic nerve comes through. You put it up toward, let's say if you take the, the tailbone and then you move it over about two inches or three inches and place it right over that, the, the bulk of the mass of the muscles in the buttock. Now that's probably especially good for running, uh, probably especially good for, for bike riding. But in his case, because the thighs do a huge amount of the work when you're riding a bike. And the same with running. You, when you're running, you have to pull the leg forward, right, in order to keep up your pace. 
your leg drops back naturally because of your momentum, and then you have to pull it forward again. So you're constantly using your quads to pull your legs forward. Downhill skiers, I mean, they should be, God, they should be using magnetic fields all the time. Weightlifters, buttocks and thighs. Do you attribute some of it, all of it, none of it to ex accelerated removal of lactic acid, lactate from the muscles? No, it's, I think that's one part of it. I don't think that's the only part of it. I think that's an important part of it, but it's not the only part. As I said, it's complicated. Right. There are multiple mechanisms going on. I don't mind somebody saying it's all about lactic acid. Well, I'll let them say that. But I'm going to say, no, it's more complicated than that. So if you're a lactic acid theorist, you're going to love it. If you're a circulation theorist, you're going to love it. If you're an energy, ATP energy person, you're going to love it. It doesn't matter. I don't care. <laughs> it's going to work either way. So multiple different you can't tell the body, You can't tell the body what to do with it. The body will take from the magnetic field what it wants. It's going to take from the magnetic field therapy what it needs. And it's going to prioritize based on its needs, not on your desires. It almost has a, an electrical adaptogenic effect where our body uses adaptogenic herbs to, bring, to, to create homeostasis. It's, it's, it's like it's using pulsed electromagnetic fields to bring about a higher, more optimized cellular function. Cellular function and homeostasis. So don't forget, exercise is damaging to the body. Right. Right? You got to hurt yourself to feel better. We want that. We want to get that training to be able to optimize our normal functioning when we're not exercising. But the process of exercising itself builds up lactic acid. Okay? If you have too much of that hanging around for a long time, that causes stasis of tissues, it causes tissue breakdown, it causes oxidative stress, you know, decreases circulation as we discussed with edema and so on. So yeah, I mean, all these things are happening. You need the exercise in order to optimize your health, but you want to be able to do your exercise more healthily. They actually discovered, Russians discovered this a long time ago, muscles work longer, work harder, and recover faster with magnetic field therapies. What type of improvements in performance have we seen in some of the scientific literature? Most of the time I'm seeing somewhere between 25 to 40% improvement. But it depends on the magnetic field, it depends on how intense it is, it depends on how long you keep it in place. There's a lot of factors that go into this. I wrote a chapter in a, a magnetics textbook on using pulse magnetic fields for pain. And I reviewed something like 95 controlled studies, good research studies on magnetic fields in, for pain management. And there was a lot of variability. There are all kinds of magnetic fields used, all kinds of intensities, so there's no gold formula for which system you use. You understand the system you're using, you use it for a while to understand what it's doing to you and for you, then you learn how to use it in the most optimized fashion. We it, talked about complexity and individuality before, earlier, and that's what we're trying to do. So you have to learn how to use your system, just like you do anything else. How much food you eat, how many carbs, how much protein, how much fat. Yeah. And that's different for you. It's going to be different for the next person. It's going to be different based on the exercise you're doing. It's, it's, I would assume it's different for someone that's dealing with a health crisis versus a professional athlete that's looking for getting the edge in, in performance and, and some sort of... Another, another tenth or a hundredth of a second, right. Right, right. So let's say um, LeBron James walks into your office and he's saying, I, I've, I, I've been seeing all this literature on pulse electromagnetic fields. He wants you to help him. Where do you start? What machines are you using? What, what type of protocol do you, do you recommend? Well, with LeBron James, it's easier because LeBron James probably has all kinds of tools to measure what he's doing. In fact, we're working with an Olympic team in Holland right now. Uh, I, I can't share with you who. But we're, we're, they have a tremendous number of tools at their disposal to measure their performance. 
So we're going to gather quantitative, a lot of quantitative data, and we're going to fine-tune the protocols based on the, the feedback that we're getting. We'll keep refining it to continue to optimize the performance. So LeBron James, I would say, what tools are you using? Let's look at your results. So what are you trying to optimize? What are you trying to improve? And then we would focus the treatment of the recommendations based on what he's trying to improve. If he's trying to be able to jump another foot higher, then we know we're going to be dealing with the thighs and the hips, right? Those jumping muscles. Uh, probably his nervous system. If you're talking about somebody who is a basketball player, like well, like he is, the the strength of the nervous system, the stability of the nervous system, the ability to react instantly in a microsecond is really important because that microsecond means you, you get the ball or you don't get the ball. Somebody steals it from you, right, or you steal it from somebody else. Or, you know, that microsecond of change may be whether you hit the rim and it bounces away or you hit the rim and it bounces in. So that's the way you focus it then with him. You individualize it to his needs. If I was to do nothing with him, LeBron James came in and said, just tell me what device I, I want to have. I'll go out and do, use it myself. Then I would say for somebody that big with that much muscle in that kind of shape, he's going to need a high-intensity system that gives him a, quite a bit of flexibility to design his own protocols because he's smart enough to figure out how to design his own protocols. Plus I, plus, I know he's working with trainers, and the trainers will be able to, again, work with him to, to help to optimize that as well. So two systems come to mind. One of the best systems, of course, is a PEMF 120. Uh, that's a very high-intensity system. It's also quite expensive. Um, so that's a really good one. I've seen, I've seen the, um, the former, uh, <coughs> former lightweight UFC champion BJ Penn using that to recover from some of his workouts. Absolutely. <laughs> now, you don't want to spend that kind of money. Um, or you want more frequencies in a system. The next level down would be a system, something like a Parmed, um, let's say Super, which has got two mattress pads, fairly high intensity mattress pads. They're 500 Gauss each. Um, the PEMF 120 probably has a maximum field intensity of somewhere around 3,000, 4,000 Gauss. Okay, the Parmed's Ultra system has the two coils, two sets of coils. And that one then is 500 for each pad, and they get what's called a butterfly coil that's 1,500, so you can treat local areas. So it's got high enough field intensities, and it treats a large enough area of the body simultaneously that within a 30-minute treatment session, you can get a tremendous amount of benefit. So in other words, you, you may be able to decrease the amount of time that you need to spend doing treatment if you have the right intensities in the right system. If you buy, and there are many commercial systems out there, like the one I mentioned where they're selling circulation, you could spend $4,000, $5,000 for one of those systems, but the intensity is like one Gauss. So the Earth's magnetic field is half a Gauss. But we're talking about a Parmet system, which is 500 Gauss. So it's 5,000 times stronger than the Earth's magnetic field. But for treatment, for therapy, for recovery, for performance enhancement, you need something stronger so you don't have to spend as much time. If, if you have someone that is, let's say a lot of my clients are business executives, entrepreneurs, people that are relatively healthy, but very busy, and, and they're just looking to get the edge in every area of their life, slight upgrades in physical, mental performance. They have one session with you. How do you run that session if they want to feel a difference afterwards? I wouldn't do anything really special. So if I was if I was using a Parmed's Ultra system in the office, I would crank it up. I'd give them the highest intensities. A healthy person can usually stand it, and they want to feel something. The PEMF 120, you feel it. 
I mean, you can feel your muscles contracting. And right now, you know what's going on. And But that is, in terms of gouts, you said that's less than the PARMEDs. No, I'm sorry. The PEF-120 is the $20,000 system. That's about 4,000 gauss. Okay. And that one actually can cause muscle contraction. The next step down would be the system that's 500, 500 gauss for a body pad, but it's about 1,800 gauss for a local pillow applicator. Uh, okay. And that may feel the pulsations, but you're not going to feel it as much as you would the very expensive system. Most people with magnetic fields, the kinds of magnetic fields we use, unlike electrical stimulation, feel no pain. There's no burning, there's no tingling, there's no prickling. You don't feel anything. You might feel a sense of warmth. You might feel a sense of alertness. So if you use one of these systems at the wrong frequencies before you go to bed, it may wake you up. But most people who have magnetic field therapies before they go to bed go to sleep better. They sleep better. And I've had people who usually only sleep four hours. Now all of a sudden they slept six hours. And they're just absolutely ecstatic. So they do help in a lot of, a lot of ways. And all, all these high-intensity systems are more noticeable in how quickly you see change in your body. See results. So the executives, why would, why would an executive want this? You know, what executives want to do is they want to live their life as long as they possibly can and be at the top of the game as, far, as long as they can. What causes aging? A decrease in cellular function. That's it. It's, well, inflammation is part of this. Yeah. So inflammation is a big part of it, but it's a decrease in energy in the cells. And as we age, as we get older, we lose ATP, we lose CoQ10, we lose HGH, we lose testosterone. There's a whole lot of stuff happening as we age. It's all, it's all a downhill process. And some people, unfortunately, it's very rapid, and some people, it's very gentle. The more you do to sustain your health, the more gentle it's going to be. But if you want to stop aging, you, well, you, I don't know if you can stop it entirely, right? Because being an executive is enough not to stop aging <laughs> all by itself. But, you know, at least you can revert a good part of that by being you know, proactive with uh, the whole body PEMF system because then you're not taking a chance. Otherwise, you know, if you're only relying on exercise, that's not enough, is it? If you're only relying on nutrition, that's not enough, is it? If you're, on, if you're only relying on those two, but you got a sucky attitude, you're an angry type A personality, well, you're, you're doomed anyway. So you've got to change your mind. You've got to have a good attitude. You know, a whole bunch of factors have to be in place for things to be optimized. And, of course, you have to have reasonable genetics. You can't be expecting to get Huntington's disease in the next year. Right? And if you have gluten sensitivity, you're turning on your immune system, well, that's going to destroy you quick. Of course, you're diabetic. You got a big problem. I know a lot of a lot of times you can't discuss clients. Who's using this that you know of in terms of celebrities, physicians, athletes, teams, anyone that you can discuss? That that's you. You, you mentioned a few Olympic uh, organizations. Well, I know I know um, Ed Reed is using magnetics. He's retired now. Um, Ray Lewis is using magnetic therapies. Uh, there are a number of basketball players who are using it. I had a, uh, I worked with a, uh, a Boston Red Sox outfielder who used it, who used it for himself and also his son. His son had a health issue. Um, more and more athletes are using these things because people do want the edge, and they're safe. They're, they're very low risk, so they they work for they work so well. If you had only X amount of dollars to spend, 
I, I'd rather you spend it on a magnetic field than acupuncture. I'm trained in acupuncture, and I know what I'm talking about. That you get more value lifetime wise with your magnetic field than you would with acupuncture because you have to keep going back and back and back and back for acupuncture. But you don't. You, have, you own a magnetic system. You treat yourself every day. At the end of every day, we accumulate the stress of that day. By morning, we hope we've washed all that stress out and we've regenerated and replenished, repaired and recovered the body. And with the magnetic fields, you do. And you take away the chance that something you did that day, you didn't address because then that's one more notch, right, in the gun. It's one more step in the process of, that, of not recovering and therefore you know, accelerating the aging process. So magnetic fields gives you that ace in your hand. I, I um, you'd mentioned for some people the the PEMF therapy makes them tired. Where they're that's definitely me. I mean, I've I've laid down a few times, especially at night. I, I love it now because I'll use the PEMF therapy, and I'm out like I can barely make it from the mat to my bed when the I, session's you know, over. Used to happen me all the time. I can't read when I do a magnetic therapy session. Yeah, I just I just zone. Yeah, I mean, it's and that's actually not a bad thing. But if you uh, want to be, if you want to work for another three or four hours, then you may need to choose a magnetic therapy signal that's going to activate the brain. Never mind, never mind sedating the body, because one of the things magnetic fields do is they re they increase enkephalins and endorphins. They increase all kinds of neurotransmitters in the body, including endorphins. And what do endorphins do? They make you sleepy. <laughs> well, endorphins are also are also what's responsible for the runner's high, right? That's right. Well, why do you have a runner's high? Why do you have endorphins? It's to kill the pain. But they also change the brain, so the brain feels better. So you've numbed the pain, and you feel when your pain is gone, what happens if you have pain and your pain is gone? You feel really good. Right, yeah. How would two therapies contrast one another in terms of frequency and intensity? If you've got, on one hand, you want to get ready to go to bed, you want to get a, a, a deep, restful night's sleep and recover from the day. On the other hand, you're getting ready to go into a, a big meeting. You need to be mentally sharp and you want to be energized, but not loaded up on coffee. How would you, how would you change those two different sessions and contrast them? Well, again, it depends on the device that you have. So if you have a PEMF 120, you can't change the frequency. Okay. Um, so it becomes a little bit unpredictable how it's going to affect you and whether you become so tired you can't function. But it's rare that that happens because you tell your brain you're going to work. You just had a rest. You had a power nap when you do a magnetic field therapy session. You get all the benefits of a power nap during that session. You wake up. It may take you a few minutes to get your brain re-energized. So if you had to go, if you had 30 seconds to go from your mat, your magnetic therapy, to being fully alert and awake, you know, flying your Mac 3 airplane, well then maybe not. Maybe you should wait 10 minutes. Right, but there are magnetic systems, for example, that like the Parmes um, Ultra, that you can control the frequencies. And then what you do is you do an initial session in a way that relaxes the body, basically um, helps to replenish and restore and rebalance. Then you change the frequencies to make you alert. So if you put a magnetic coil at the back of your neck that's that's about say 13 hertz or 23 hertz and above, say 23 hertz up to about 50 hertz. You will just you'll just wake right up because those frequencies and what, do what's called entraining the brain. They cause the brain to be beating in sync with the frequency. So if you go like this, you're going to be sleepy 
And if you start to go like this, now you're wide awake. And the magnetic field basically does that, it causes the brain waves to oscillate at the higher frequencies, and that's beta, that's alertness, that's learning, that's judgment, that's processing. All right? So you can very quickly shift consciousness and awareness with magnetic fields. Does that also induce anxiety in some people? Uh, if you're already if you're anxiety prone, if you do that, yes, it's a possibility. But all, part of it depends on your intent, and part of it depends on your experience with it. I had a guy who recently took uh, the flex pulse machine, and I think I told you about this story. He drove to New York City to visit somebody, and he did it at the end of a workday. And that's probably not a good way to drive. You get highway hypnosis, right? Not to mention the fact that you're tired. So I had him put the flex pulse coil at the back of the neck, like I told you, and put it on 23 hertz, which is beta. He stayed awake and alert the entire time. He was amazed. He was shocked. He had no episodes of fading out. So you kind of went for the minimum effective dose there, because you mentioned 23 all the way up to 50 hertz is where you would go for alertness, and you told him just to go to 23. Well, the flex pulse only has 23. Okay. The next step up is 1,000, and I wouldn't do 1,000. So 23 is closer to what the brain is actually doing. Okay. That makes sense. Hey, that's, that's known territory for the brain. Yeah, yeah. I, I had an interesting conversation with Dr. Bob Dennis, who you know, and he has a theory that some of the pathways that, that PMF therapy works in the brain is in helping to clear out some, some neurological toxins. And similar to the way that sleep functions when we're getting proper deep sleep. Do you think PMF therapy, if that's, well, do you, A, do you agree with that? And B, do you think PMF therapy has a place in the prevention of Alzheimer's, cognitive decline, Parkinson's, some of these, some of these um, neurological conditions that may be associated with impaired ability to clear toxins from the brain? Yeah, actually on my website, drpollock.com, I have a, an update or an article about using magnetic fields for Alzheimer's. So there's science around using magnetic fields for Alzheimer's. Clearly, there's science for using magnetic fields for depression. There are plenty of studies that indicate magnetic fields do improve cognitive function and awareness. I told, actually, Dr. Dennis uh, about a study that they did in mice where they dropped a, um, a weight onto a mouse's head and created a brain injury. And they immediately treated the brain. They had one group of mice that didn't have brain treatment and had another group that got uh, um, magnetic field treatment to their brains. And when they dissected the, mi the, mouse, the mice's brains, the mice's brains, what they found is that the magnetic field on the treated mouse removed the inflammation and oxidative stress that was in the tissue as part of the brain tissue that was part of the acute injury. So never mind an acute injury. So we know that with TBI, I'm sure the same phenomenon happens in br brain damage. And the sooner you can get to the brain damage, probably the better. So yes, and I have to say, I'm going to confess something myself. I couldn't consider an idiot for doing this, but one of my rules is I'm not going to recommend a magnetic system to anybody that I haven't used myself, that I haven't tried it myself. And I'll try it on my, myself and my family members and friends and neighbors before I'll bring them onto my website and recommend them to people, to patients you know, and clients. Well, I know that the front of the brain is the frontal lobes control short-term memory okay, and, and executive function. And the back of the head gets at the um, hippocampus or the hypothalamus, particularly the hippocampus. And the hippocampus stores long-term memory. So I walk every morning four miles in an hour, and I put one coil on the front of my forehead and one coil at the back of my head. The, not at the base of the skull, but above the base of the skull. The flex pulse? I do that for half an hour. Yes. 
And I do that at 23 hertz. You could also do it at 10 hertz, but I do it at 23. And then what I do is half, half an hour later, I change the coils and I put them on the sides of my head. So what that's doing is balancing the hemispheres. What the front and the back are doing is improving memory. And I remember the very first time I did this, I, it was like the colors are brighter. The, it's like somebody took a light, turned a light on in a room, a full spectrum light in the room. Everything was brighter and lighter and sharper. And that lasted probably for half an hour. I don't get that anymore because I'm doing this every day. And sometimes I'm actually surprised for myself given my age, and I'm not going to talk about my age, but given my age, that my memory is still pretty good. And at, at my age, people are always complaining that, you know, to me, they're always complaining as a doctor that they're losing, you know, where did I put my keys? Where did I, you know, what's my, what's my um, friend's phone number? What's the name of that guy that did that lecture last year at Hopkins? Right, right. Yeah. You mentioned these, these, this, the mouse study with the, uh, the weight on their head. Um, and then it, it reminded me of two instances in my life now where I could have seen this being a possible treatment and, and a way to prevent long-term damage in these individuals. An ex-girlfriend was out at a restaurant and a server was carrying a heavy glass bowl to a table. It dropped out of her hands, hit her on the head, and... For two plus years, Did she for, passed out. She passed out, unconscious. Her memory was affected. Her her energy was affected. She she became depressed. Very common in TBI. Right, right. Um, and, and then and MRIs in those patients are usually negative, and so people just say that they're kooky. Yeah, because you can't find anything wrong. And, and she started using Adderall. She didn't know what else to do. She could. She felt like she yeah. couldn't function without without right. amphetamines. Well, we're going to start a study shortly, actually, on TBI using a device that Dr. Dennis is making. So he and I are collaborating on a study. And he also has worked to develop with another, another PhD at University of North Carolina. He's developed a tool called cortical metrics where you actually can measure neurosensory brain function. Imagine. So we're going to be using an objective measure, and we're going to be doing um, treatment in subjects. So we're going to do this formal study on looking at being able to change a person's brain just like you're describing. That's a classic kind of person that would probably be, would benefit. He and I have anecdotal experiences with people recovering brain function, maybe not 100%, because there are so many different types of brain injuries. Every brain's different, every person's different, the type of injury is different. So it, again, complexity. It's not always exactly all the same size, apple, the same color, et cetera, same taste. So we, we're going to try to figure out what the right protocols are for these things. And I know that we can have a tremendous impact. I would love to see magnetic fields applied uh, on the field in a helmet when, when somebody gets off on a compression pro concussion protocol. Right there. Yep. Because like that mouse study showed, if you do it right then at the time of that initial concussion, you decrease the, the damage that happens that persists because the brain does not repair damage well. That's exactly what I was going to ask you next. One of my best friends became uh, paralyzed in a skiing accident. We were, we were on the mountain together, and he went back first into a tree on a, on a double black diamond. And he's been paralyzed since. You look at, in the NFL, when, when these players incur SCIs, and, and, they, and they get in right away with a saline solution that decreases the inflammation, they have a much better prognosis for improvement. Do you see a place for PEMFs in that as well? Saline solution followed by oh, pulse. Absolutely. Now, listen, if you have transected your cord, you got a bigger problem. Right. 
because you, you, you've torn, you've disrupted, completely sheared the connections in the spinal cord itself. And there are hundreds of thousands of connections in the spinal cord. And you have to reattach all that. It's got to regenerate together. That's a different situation than a bruise. So, again, the earlier you can get at the injury with the magnetic field and whatever other things you want to do, you should be doing supplements that help to support nerve function and regeneration. Right? You should be doing the rest. You should be doing the proper kind of exercise. You need to be doing a combination of different things in order to maximize recovery. But you know you can reach safely into that tissue. You don't have to invade it. You can reach safely into that tissue with a magnetic field. You mentioned supplements. What supplements do you take for brain function and energy, if any? Um, I do. I actually do. So, and I get asked this regularly. And I have like a little protocol of supplements that I use routinely. And what limits most people actually is cost. Mm -hmm. Some people just don't like popping pills because it reminds them of popping pill supplements because it reminds them of drugs. And if they already take a lot of drugs, it's just that many more pills they got to take. So fish oil is really important or omega-3 fatty acids, very important. What kind do you take? Probably my favorite is DHEA, a pure DHA rather. Is that the Nordic Naturals Pro DHA? Nordic Naturals, there are lots of companies that have it. Gero, Now Nutrition, there are a bunch of companies that have pure DHA. Actually, it's hard to find pure DHA because there's always a little bit of EPA with it, which is okay. But you, normally the ratio is flipped. Normally there's more EPA than there is DHA, but you want to have the reverse. You want higher levels of DHA and lower levels of EPA. So that's very important. That's been found in all kinds of research. It would be helpful. Phosphatidylcholine. It's very important for brain function, but you need to do high doses. So you need to do 2,000, 3,000 milligrams a day. You go that high? Brain. Yeah, we can go much higher than that even. We, I, get, I, we get more than IV. I take 1,200. Do you do, do you do it from soy or sunflower lecithin? What's your, what's your source? Yes. <laughs> both? <laughs> yes. Actually, it's better to do both because you, you, you don't want to have only one kind of oil. Typically, you don't want to. Ideally, you shouldn't have only one kind of oil um, because every oil has its limitations in terms of what it produces, and you need all of these down, downstream metabolic products that happen with any given oil that you take. And you need really have a have a collection of oils. That's one of the reasons I've learned that phosphatidylserine is not very helpful because it doesn't get metabolized in the body to anything else that's that's effective, whereas phosphatidylcholine does. So those and are two. Much B12, less expensive. Very important. And less expensive. B12 is important. Um, B12 helps protect the brain against injury of any kind, whether it's toxicities or, or lack of sleep or uh, infections, etc. Do you do sub I, sublingual injections? I do sublingual. I happen to believe that sublingual tends to give you a steady state over time. You don't want to be bouncing up and down with your levels, I don't think. Now, when you get an injection, you're going to get a tremendous boost in energy. So just think about this. If you do get an injection, you may be getting somewhere around fifteen or 20,000 um, micrograms of B12 right then. Well, no wonder you feel great. But two days later, you're crap. So I would rather you had a steady level to protect the brain because if you're doing protection as opposed to having stimulation, then that's what I aim for is to give you protection. And help you to recover a brain function that you may have lost, again, cells, brain cells, or nerve cells that are struggling at that moment. Um, coconut oil, very important. One tablespoon a day, coconut oil. Do you do regular organic extra virgin oil. coconut oil? 
Extra virgin. So you don't, you don't mess around with the, um, the MCTs or the pure cacolic acid? I do MCT oil too because they're different. Do you do the, the C8? I do, I do a tablespoon of MCT oil every day as well. I mean, I use, uh, you know, I use brain octane, but I, 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 MCT, plain MCT is fine. You use brain octane? Uh, yes. The, okay, cool. Right, then there are other supplements that are very important for the brain, alpha lipoic acid, which actually is very good for all sorts of things. So alpha lipoic acid is both fat soluble and water soluble, which means because it's fat soluble, it gets into neural tissues really well. And I use 1,200 milligrams twice a day of alpha lipoic acid. Now you could argue about R lipoic versus alpha lipoic, etc. I don't care. If you're going to use R lipoic, you need about half that amount. It's more expensive. How do you feel about the, the two? I have not noticed a difference. I've tried many times because of the research, and I I, and I actually feel like alpha lipoic acid affects me more. All right, so alpha lipoic acid is basic chemistry now. Every molecule has, it's like looking in a mirror. Every molecule has the, the, the let's say the official image and then the mirror image. Another way to look at it, it's got a left spinning or left turning side to it and it's got a right turning side to it. Lego and dextro. So our lipoic acid is the dextro form and alpha lipoic acid has both. What the body does is it decides which part of it it's going to use. In nature, the opposite side to, one, to what's favored in the body can either be neutral or it could be uh, um, negative. In other words, you can rob the benefit of the good side. So using, al using alpha seems to be okay. It may be that our lipoic may be a bit more effective. But I don't see that alpha lipoic acid, the, the, le the label form of it, is actually going to cause a problem. It just may not be that effective. But to refine it further, you have to pay more. Right. To refine it to get the R form only. You have to pay. Right. Yeah. What else? Okay. Um, acetyl L-carnitine. Arginate form or just plain acetyl L-carnitine? Acetyl L-carnitine. Yeah, you, you could use arginate, but I, I don't care. Acetyl L-carnitine has been found to actually cause neural stem cell stimulation growth. It actually helps stem cells, neural stem cells to replace themselves, neural cells to replace themselves as well. What Dosage on uh, 500, sorry, 1,000 twice a day. And empty stomach or with food? Doesn't matter. And the last thing I would say is uridine. And I use 300 milligrams a day. Now, a good diet with a lot of 5 to 10 servings of fruits and vegetables a day is really important. Uh, I hedge my bets. I use a powder, a greens powder called Greens First. Uh, everybody's got their favorites. But the smoothie that I make in the morning, it just makes it palatable. Because I use brewer's yeast and I use other protein powders and often, often it can taste pretty bad. What, what protein powders do you use in that smoothie? I do different brands, different companies. It sort of depends on what my mood is at the time that I buy it. Right. Um, I have a dairy allergy, so I can't use whey. There are other protocols and other programs. Sometimes I'll use something called uh, Memorol, which is by Zymogen, I believe. And it has a bunch of different nutrients in it. Another one that probably is really important for people with brain injury is something called Agmaset. Everything else I've told you already, plus I will add, add Agmaset, A-G-F-A-S-E-T. The root substance for it is Agmatine, and they branded it as Agmaset. 
And Ivermectin also has been found to help to regenerate nerves. Do you take that? Uh, I don't. I, no, actually, I, I, I lie. I do because I had a, a ruptured disc that I ended up getting a foot drop from, so it paralyzed the nerve to my leg, to my foot. Uh, and I did high-intensity magnetic field therapy, PEMF120. I did all my supplements, and I added Agmaset to restore and recover my foot drop. And I, I damaged my I did that uh, damage to that uh, sacral nerve, L4, L5, in June, and I'm about 99.9% .9 recovered now. Have you been doing it? Have you been using um, pulse electromagnetic fields daily? Yes. Always do. You know, my philosophy fundamentally is that I can't abide being sick. It's a waste of time. It is. It's a waste. So if you can, if you can be well and you have to work at it, I'd rather work at it and be well than to be sick and try to recover from it, crossing your fingers that you recover. And it's so much you know, harder to recover once you're sick. Well, and you may not recover, right. or you may recover fully. I tell patients regularly that when I give you an antibiotic for an infection, when you leave the office, I cross my fingers. Why? All the antibiotic does is helps to kill the bugs. It does not help you to heal from the infection. What heals you from the infection? Your own immune system. Your body does. So if you got a shitty body, you're going to have a shitty recovery. Do you do anything for them to facilitate that process, whether, whether it's yes. PEMF yes. therapy, supplements? Already, hopefully, already, hopefully, they're on all the supplements that I would normally recommend most people to be on daily anyway. And if they're doing that, and then they optimize their, the treatment that they use for the infection, like way upping the echinacea, way upping the D, way upping alpha-lipoic acid, a uh, whole bunch of things at the same time, just hitting really hard, hitting the immune system really hard. Then you know you got you turn a you turn what would have been a seven day cold into a two day cold. Right. I, I saw a study recently talking about echinacea specifically, and echinacea alone decreased the the, the time that people were sick for something like twenty five to forty percent. Just that yeah, one which, supplement, which is not which is nothing. I use like six or eight echinacea four times a day for the first two to three days. What type of echinacea do you use? Is there a particular brand you've found to be more effective than others? No, I think they're, they're all pretty reasonable. Most of the echinaceas that you're going to get that are commercially available are all basically just the same. Okay. Now you can get into extracts and you can get into tinctures and then you're up to the whole different ballgame. Right. What does your day, well, I want, I want to go into your morning routine, but let, let's, uh, in terms of pulsed electromagnetic fields, how do you use them on a daily basis? You mentioned the, the flex pulse the and the different, the, the different hemispheres of the brain. And, and um, what, what else do you do? What machines do you use? How do you use them? Well, I have a device. I have a machine that I use. Well, I use two machines in bed because I'm doing so many things. It's sometimes hard to turn my brain off. And when I wake up in the middle of the night, it's hard to get back to sleep. So I use the Flex Pulse under my pillow, 3 hertz, program 3, all night, run it all night. I also use a MagMobile pillow on my belly. MagMobile? Yeah, it's called MagMobile because it runs all night. So many different magnetic devices have, are time limited. You can't run them all night. Right. The MagMobile pillow is a mild, gentle magnetic stimulus, so I get my belly and I get my pelvis. You, you get sleep on back. your back and put it on your waist? I sleep on, I put it under my, um, 
mattress cover. Okay. So it's not it's not under my mattress. It's on top of my mattress, but under the pillow top. Gotcha. Right? Because it's more comfortable. Because it's got hard edges to it. and So you need something a bit more comfortable. If you're going to rock and roll on it all night long. Yeah. Toss and turn. So that those two, I get up in the morning and I have very few aches and pains. I have spinal stenosis in my back, which is why I ruptured the disc. I ruptured, yeah, disc fragment. And the... So I, I'm using that for my own two ups essentially. Okay. And during the day, in the morning, I mentioned the head stuff just to get my brain. And then uh, later in the day, I'll add whatever I need, depending on how I'm feeling that particular day, you know, what's going on in my body. Is that where you would incorporate um, a more high-powered machine? So, yes. You could, for example, at the end of a work day, to wash out the stress of work. Because magnetic fields actually have been shown to help the kidneys eliminate uh, epinephrine, adrenaline, the stress hormones, and they also help the hypothalamus and the pituitary dump them, get rid of them. So they can lock into those organs, and so magnetic field stimulation seems to help them to, to be dislodged, to move out of the system. You know, the fight-flight response demands that you produce adrenaline immediately, because you've got to either fight or take off. But what happens, how long does it take to get it out of your body? It happens in an instant, but it takes hours to get out of the body. If you've accumulated stress throughout the day, you really, at the end of every day, you should do a whole body treatment to wash the stress of the day out of your body. I would imagine that's especially relevant for individuals with hypothalamic pituitary adrenal axis dysregulation or, or, or adrenal fatigue. Yes, and that lower intensity magnetic systems are probably better for those individuals because they're... When you do magnetic stimulation, you are to some extent stimulating the autonomic nervous system, although you're balancing the body. And in any given body, the body may preferentially want to do more sympathetic stimulation than parasympathetic. But in general, magnetic field is balanced. Um, so everybody's a little bit different, but you want to wash the stress out. You want to relax the muscles. You want to chill the brain. right? And that's sleep hygiene. So if you chill the brain before you go to bed, you're going to sleep better. And what, what do you use to do that? Or, or is that the flex pulse under the pillow? And the well, for me, it's the flex pulse because I use it all night. Right. But if you don't have a flex pulse, you don't have a mag mobile, you only have one system, then use whatever you have at least before you go to bed. It might be best to do it an hour or so before you go to bed rather than right, right before bed. Now, magnetic field therapy has actually been found to uh, restore circadian rhythms. People under a lot of stress or do a lot of time zone travel, cross time zones, um, they're jet lag, often chronically. And again, stress tends to cause circadian rhythm disruptions as well. So what happens is, is that melatonin is very useful for that, but you, may, you have to use high doses of melatonin, 20 milligrams, to re-regulate yourself. But magnetic field therapy seems to uh, balance the brain and circadian rhythms as well, particularly 10 hertz. They did studies in Germany after the Second World War, people in a bunker, and they isolated them from sound, light, humidity, temperature, and, and there was magnetic field. And they found that their circadian rhythms became dysregulated. They were off by about 20 minutes to an hour compared to their normal rhythms. They started reintroducing frequencies into the chambers that these volunteers were in and found that 10 hertz restored. Circadian rhythm. Is, correct me if I'm wrong, 10 hertz is the, the same 
frequency emitted by the Earth? Well, yes. The Earth emits a lot of frequencies. Right, right, yeah. Okay, so the Schumann resonance is like considered to be the average frequency, although you, you read other papers and it's actually 10 hertz, and you read some papers it's, you know, 10.9 or 10.2. There's a lot of discussion about this, but if you see the graphs of the Schumann peaks, there are about four or five peaks. And so you can't just say that it's only one frequency that does this, but in this particular experiment, 10 hertz was found to restore the circadian rhythm. They tried other frequencies as well, but they found that 10 hertz did the best job. 10 hertz, coincidentally, happens to be the alpha rhythm. And that's what our brains should be in probably more often than not, alpha. And the whole basis behind neurofeedback is primarily alpha training. And alpha, just to it's make relaxed, sure. Being relaxed. Relaxed concentration, right? So similar, me meditation is alpha and theta? Uh, meditation, deep meditation would be theta. Um, light meditation, daydreaming, watching meaningless television, right, where you don't think, you don't process, you're just an observer. If you watch a dog or a cat laying there with their eyes open, watching, they're not doing anything, but you, they're alert, they're, 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 they're seeing the environment, but you can see that they're not reacting to anything. They're just observing. That's alpha. That's alpha. So does 10 hertz, if, if, if you're using a PMF machine like the Flex Pulse or uh, the PARMEDs, at, at 10 hertz. Does that have similar benefits to grounding? I think grounding is more complicated than that. Grounding is, the fundamental th thinking behind grounding is the electrical fields. It's not so much the magnetic fields. And so, again, the Earth's magnetic fields, the Schumann resonances, those resonances are reverberating around the ionosphere cavity. And they're all over the place. They depend on lightning strikes. It depends on the density of lightning strikes and where they're striking. So a lightning strike in Sri Lanka is felt in North America within a few seconds. But if you've got lightning storms all over the planet, they're all accumulating. It's like a jumble of noise. But they happen to be in certain frequency bands. right? So earthing is walking on the soil, having the electrical charges in the skin and the tissues interacting with the electrical charges in the soil. And with every step you take, you produce a charge. Now, if you happen to stand on the ground, your feet are connecting. It's better if your feet are moist. Your feet are connecting, and it's better that the ground is moist. In other words, standing on concrete is not the same as standing on bare dirt or on grass. Preferably not grass that's been sprayed with all sorts of stuff. Okay, so that kind of, that's... Chemicals, that's dog, pee. <laughs> yeah. Round up. Round shoes. Round up ready shoes, Yeah. Do you practice grounding? Do you use grounding mats, grounding sheets? Do you get outside barefoot? Um, I don't enough. I have to, I have to admit that. Uh, and one of the compensatory things that I do, obviously, is I do in the magnetic therapies. So sometimes you can introduce some of those frequencies into the body through the magnetic field therapies, which is a bigger dose often than you're going to get by being outside. You could be one of those African runners where they run barefoot. That probably would be better. Yeah. How many people do that? Not many. I was talking to Ruben Salinas, the, you know, he's, he's behind the Quantlet with Jack Cruz, and he goes out every day and he walks his dog barefoot in Boston in the snow to ground. That's pretty hardcore. Well, it is as long as he's walking on dirt. Yeah. I mean, walking on sidewalks. Right. I don't consider it grounding. So the, the electrical frequency does not penetrate concrete. Well, concrete's different. It's a different material. It's not alive. 
Yeah. Right? We're talking about an alive um, soil that has worms in it and has bacteria and has all sorts of things. And it has the moisture, it has its own electrical charge. So that's what you're talking about, it's interacting with life. I want to be respectful of your time. I'm fascinated by, I, I know you're, you do a lot of energy biohacks and things yourself, like we've talked about with just your, your supplementation. For energy and focus, walk me through, what does is, what is the first 30 to 60 minutes of your day look like? And then what are some of your favorite biohacks? What do you, what do, you do for your water and things like that? I'm curious what, what you do. Um, I, have, I have a well, so I have my own water. It's really tastes really very nice tasting. I don't have to filter my water. I don't have to do anything to it, and I don't. Nobody should drink distilled water. I, I think. Do you structure your water? Think, well, go back to a point you made way at the beginning about water. The water in the body is definitely affected by the magnetic fields, so that water is restructured. I used to structure my water, but I have I didn't notice much value from it. Um, but if I'm getting my if all if all you're doing is structuring your water then do that because you don't do anything else. If you're doing magnetic field therapy every day anyway, you don't need to structure your water. Water is also tends to, once you drink it after it's been structured, it becomes destructured. It changes in the body. The body's own electromagnetic fields and electrical fields already begin to alter the molecules. You know, when, when, you, when you drink water, if it sits in your stomach for a little bit, and you take it uh, in a cold day, of course, if you breathe out, you're going to be breathing out vapor. But if you belch, you will belch vapor. You'll belch gas. And that gas is water to some extent. It may be other things too. Right? So, yes, I think water, structured water is good, especially if you're not doing enough on your own anyway. But if you're, say, running and you're going out for the whole day, you're going to spend the whole day running, it's better for you to be drinking structured water. And you can structure your water with your magnetic fields. Five minutes of treatment with any magnetic, pulse magnetic field system you have will structure the water. Within your body. Both the water you're drinking. So if you have a jug next to you, next to the to the magnetic field that you're treating yourself with, the water in that jug will get structured. But it's only good that day. Ah, so the water still it loses its, its structure quickly. Yeah, you know, the angles, the bond angles of the water change in response to the magnetic field. It's a form of radiation, so the radiation affects the bond angles, and the water becomes slipperier, especially mineral water. So water that comes out of the ground that's got minerals in it naturally, that's going to be structured more easily. And it's found to be slipperier than regular water, non-structured water. But I talked to a physicist uh, from Japan who actually had uh, Japanese naturally magnetized water coming out of lava flows. The water was naturally magnetized. And he, he did the experiments with magnetic fields structuring water, and he discovered through physicists kinds of tests, physics testing, that the bond angularities are re-structured re, uh, back after about eight hours. In other words, the relaxation responses are gone. So I don't know about structured water that you buy, whether it's six, you know, two weeks later or six weeks later, it's still structured, or to what degree. But the point is, you got your own magnetic system, treat your water. What, what does the first 30 to 60 minutes of your day look like? Okay, I get up. Pretty well every day at 6.40. My wife and I go walking. Uh, I, I can't run. I have a blown knee. So I have to wear a knee brace. Um, so I walk. I happen to believe that walking is better than running anyway for your body generally. 
a good brisk walk. So that if you try to talk, you have a hard time talking. You get winded talking. So uh, we do four miles an hour. So I walk for an hour, almost no matter what the weather. And you're wearing your flex pulse. And I'm wearing my flex pulse. Is your wife wearing a flex pulse? No. <laughs> she won't do it? <laughs> she, yeah, she thinks like, I look like an idiot. And I say, well, you know, I don't care if they think I'm a Martian. Yeah, right. You're <laughs> it's my body. I don't care what people think. And I'll, I'll see who dies first. <laughs> right. So, yeah, so I walk for an hour. Then I come back home and I make my smoothie. And then I, I have something to eat. Because I normally, when I'm seeing patients in particular, I don't often get lunch. But whatever I have for breakfast, it's got to last me until 2 or 3 in the afternoon at least. So what I'll do is I'll do a 16 ounces. I use a, like a well, 6 ounces of um, soy milk or coconut milk or almond milk. Well, 6 ounces of soy milk or almond milk. Do you do the I organic always, soy milk? Yes. Okay. And I always, uh, and I always do, uh, all of these are unsweetened, of course. And always have six ounces of coconut milk. So I'll, I'll change the other milk, but I always do the coconut milk. Then I put in a, a scoop of the greens powder I mentioned, greens first. I add about two ounces of grapefruit juice. For blood sugar regulation? Liver stimulation. So when you're, when you're eating, it helps to sort of have the liver to process. Do you juice that each morning from grapefruit? Do you, is there a product you buy to have it ready? Oh, I, I just use unfiltered, non-concentrated uh, grapefruit juice. I don't have time to do my own grapefruit. There are days where I'll just eat a half a grapefruit instead. Okay. Uh, then I add a tablespoon of the MCT oil. I'll add a tablespoon of uh, a 4-in-1 oil, uh, which is a combination of flaxseed and safflower. Is that Udo's? Pardon me? Is that the no, it's not. No. It's nice. from a, a company called Body Bio. Okay. It's about four in one oil. It's got, it has the right ratio of oils. So that's important because people often don't get the ratios correct. And, and Udo's, you feel? I don't know enough about Udo's to say that it's the same or not. You can do your own assessment of which one is sure. their equivalent. Sure. They may well be very close to being equivalent. Okay. Um, then I'll do... Um, 10,000 IU of D. I'll do one tablespoon of phosphatidylcholine, the liquid concentrate from Body Bio. I'll do two tablespoons of brewer's yeast, one scoop of a protein powder. It's a vegan protein powder? Yeah, it's from one of the higher end, higher brand companies. I don't, I don't buy it at CVS. <laughs> right. Do you put any... any um vegetables or fruits in there that's that uh green powder okay okay it's got that has that green powder one little scoop has between 10 to 20 servings of fruits and vegetables okay and it's it's flavored with stevia so it's fairly sweet so when you take everything else that you put into that into that mix it's, it removes a lot of that sort of craziness oh, oh the last thing i forgot that i put in there i put in two tablespoons of a mineral a solution. Which one's that? AC, I think it's AC 57 or 7. I looked at it the other day, RC 57. I just started using that particular one. Somebody else put me onto a multi-level company and they sold something like that. I then ended up finding it from another company. I ASEA, I, I don't buy ASEA all that much. So I, used, I have ASEA, I should use it probably. 
Uh, I'm not convinced about it. I think also that if you're using magnetic fields regularly, you're rebalancing oxidative balance and redox probably pretty well most of the time anyway. But as long as you get enough raw fruits and vegetables, your redox is usually in pretty decent shape unless you're eating McDonald's in the middle of the day. Yeah, after your smoothie. Or are we at like an hour now? Uh, we're an hour and a half. Hour and a half, right. A a anything then that you... Then I, have, then I have two slices of bread. Really? My, I have allergies to dairy, eggs, and gluten. And so I buy bread from a company in Maryland that makes gluten-free, dairy-free, and egg-free bread. What's and on one slice, I put um, a nut butter. And on the other slice, I'll use seafood. It could be salmon. It could... Uh, it could be uh, herring. You're not sensitive to nuts or nut butters? No. And I alternate them. So I, I, I recommend this to a lot of people anyway, not to get stuck on the same food every day. Yeah. It's not a good deal. Um, we don't normally do that in nature. In nature, we eat what we can find, which is changing all the time. Mm -hmm. Certainly, it's certainly changing with the seasons. So um, I'll use cashew butter, almond butter, and... and um, What's the other one? Sun butter. I don't use peanut butter. Because of the mycotoxins? No, because it's a legume. It's really not a nut. Right. Yeah. See. Yeah. What, what was the, the company that makes the dairy-free, gluten-free bread? Um, they don't ship, so you have to live in Maryland to get it. Or you have to go there and then buy it, put it in the freezer, take it home. That's what I do. Once a month, I go there and I load up with a bunch of loaves. And anything else that you do that's not part of those first 60 to 90 minutes that, that you believe is like something everyone should be doing for energy, focus, increasing their performance? Well, you know, an hour walk, regardless of the weather, is very alerting. It's really good emotionally. Uh, I happen to walk for an hour with my wife. So this is the time of day that we have an hour with each other. So I get the physical exercise, I get the outdoor environment stimulation from the environment, listening to the birds and getting the clouds and the sun and the wind and all that. And I have a chance to chat with my wife and talk about our lives, and, you know, what we saw today, what we did today, what we thought about it and so on. That, all, that by itself is emotionally clearing. It's like psychotherapy once a day. Yeah. That's, 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 a, great, that's a great habit to have. I like that. So I feel, I feel satisfied with that. I don't feel like I need to do anything else. And then I go to the office and then I see patients all day. And that's also very helpful to me. I'm, I'm, a, um, I'm a voyeur. I'm going to admit, I'm a voyeur. I get to peer into other people's lives. Now, I'm, obviously, I'm trying to help them. But by, by looking at people, by talking to people, by listening to people, by hearing their stories, their life stories, and their problems and issues, I think in my life, I have avoided so much crap. <laughs> it's two ways to learn, right? On your own, right? Or through somebody else. Getting the wisdom that somebody else imparts to you. What's the easiest way to learn? Listening to stories. Yeah, stories. So I get, I get the value of that at the end of the day. I feel like I've done something. And, and you... You also fast a little bit, whether it's intentional or not, by kind of skipping lunch. There you go. <laughs> I, I, that, that has not been lost on me. Last question before we talk about where, or just mention where people can find out more about you. What, what, 
what roadblocks do you see more than anything else holding people back from health, energy, mental clarity? What do you think a lot of people are doing that's keeping them stuck? Their friends and family. Yeah. Okay. That's called systems theory. In any given system, you, your siblings, your parents, your other relatives, your friends, the people that you talk to regularly have their ideas. You go on the internet, and there are families and networks on the internet, and they all have their values and beliefs. And some of them are held to very rigidly. If you buy into a belief system, it's going to keep wanting you to be in that system, that belief system. You become captured by it. And the strongest systems of all are family systems. Because there's too much emotional connection in that system. And if your mother, if three or four of your family members say you're stupid, you shouldn't be doing what you're doing, this is what you should be doing. You should be doing what everybody else is doing. Well, what does it do to you? It constrains you. you. At the very least, you hesitate, or you have to leave the system, which has a cost to doing that. So in my mind, it's not the person, most often. Now, certainly, the second strongest, most powerful influence on what you end up doing is your own beliefs and what you should do or shouldn't do, what's good for you, what's not good for you, and how much pain you're willing to experience. You have to be a masochist, right? You probably have to be a sadist, too, because you have, you have to leave your system, you have to be a sadist. So what do you recommend to someone who, maybe they're, maybe it's, it's, it's a man or a woman, he's gone off, she's gone off, now has a family of their own, but they still carry with a lot of that emotional baggage from, growing up and having their parents tell them you're stupid, you're no good, here's the way you need to live your life. And they recognize that, but they still, they're having trouble escaping it. What do you, what do you tell people in that situation? Uh, you have to have, you have to have uh, a sense of self. You have to center. You have to know who you are. You have to know what you want. You have to know where you want to go. You have to know what you want to be. And most people don't even know those things. Most people tend to be really, I would call it, I would say self-indulgent. Whether it's watching TV or eating the food they eat or sitting on the couch and not getting up and exercising. The walking that I do in the morning, I do the first thing of my day because I know if I don't do it then, there's a really good chance it's not going to get done. I put that as a priority for my entire day. Right? That's number one. And that's what people have to do is they have to prioritize. So what's, what are the most important things? And what we do is we make compromises. So if you, want to, if, you did, if you didn't go out in the morning and you're at work all day long and you still feel like you've got to go out and exercise, but now your wife's calling you because your kid has a cold or a fever or whatever, or your kid's being naughty or got an F at school or whatever, then, well, you don't exercise. Yeah. Right? So th this is the problem with these kinds of all these choices have so many factors that go into interfering with that. It's very hard to commit unless you structure your day in such a way that, that becomes an absolute priority. And, and everybody knows it. And nobody can get you, get you out of it. One of the good things about doing this with my wife in the morning is that we keep each other honest. There are days I don't want to get out of bed. Yeah. Right? The alarm is set. It goes off. I can roll over and sleep for another hour. But I know my wife's downstairs waiting. She's going to cuss me out and she's going to give me a hard time. So what the hell are you doing sleeping in here? But she's been up for three hours already. And she gets up early. I go to bed late. She gets up. She goes to bed early. So we're, our schedules are different. So that's another factor that promotes me 
to do what I have to do in the morning because, again, I could be pretty lazy. And so, Does your wife get up at 3.40 in the morning? No, typically she gets up at between 4 and 5. Still early. <laughs> She's a farmer's daughter. Oh, that's, I mean, that's, that's great. Yeah. And I'm the same way too. I, you know, if you don't get your workout in early or whatever is the most important thing for you, stuff gets in the way, even when you don't think it will. Well, you know, I, I used to be a medical manager and I had a schedule for my day, the things I wanted to do, never mind meetings. I always had a set of priorities and a to-do list. Uh, I discovered over the years, it became very frustrating to me, I discovered, I discovered over the years that if I had control of 10 to 15% of my day, I was doing really well. So most of us are like that. We have all this other stuff going on that always conflicts with you know, what we want to do. And that's why you just have to, do, have to decide what you're going to prioritize and what displaces everything else as a priority. Dr. Pollock. You've been awesome. I appreciate your time and everything that you've shared with us. It's been great. I've had a lot of fun. If people want to find out more about you, more about pulsed electromagnetic fields and, and the machines that are out there to help them increase their energy, focus, heal from certain health issues that may be keeping them stuck, what, what can they do? Where can they go? Well, I have a website for my practice. And that website, and there's a, there's a little bit more about me as a holistic doctor. And that website is pollockmd.com. And then my magnetics website, where we have all the different devices, and there's lots of education there if you want to learn more about magnetic fields, you want to learn more about different devices. And I also do regular research. I review the science, the medical literature on magnetic fields and what they do in different applications. So on that website, there's a, a set, a list of uh, chats or updates that I have, articles on all kinds of conditions. So that's available there. There's education on magnetic fields, and then there's, a, there's an array of different devices, all of which, as I said, I've tested and used myself, and I recommend different ones for different people. So if people want to know what device to get for themselves because they don't know what to get, then they can certainly contact the office through that, the 800 number that's on the site and get advice. And you'll, you'll figure out what they want to achieve and recommend which device is best for them. Correct. I have uh, two uh, women in the office here, uh, Katie and Lindsay, who I spent the last two or three years training. And they know the way I think. They've read all my material. They've gone through the learning process to understand magnetic fields and how they're used in different conditions for different problems. And then what people want. You know, as they talk to people, they learn what their priorities are and what they hope to accomplish with the magnetic fields. And then we make recommendations, and it's up to them whether they take them or not. Awesome. So PollockMD.com. DrPollock.com. DrPollock.com. Thank you so much for your time. You've been great. I appreciate it. And um, I'm, I'm excited to talk more in the future. Thank you. I look forward to it. Don't hesitate to call. <laughs> Absolutely. Thanks, Doc. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. This episode is brought to you by PrimalBlueprint.com, which I have shopped at for years. I love a number of their products, and I have two to recommend right off the bat. Number one is perhaps the condiment I recommend most often to new clients, and that is their Primal Kitchen Mayo. It's made with avocado oil and cage-free organic eggs. Best of all, it's free from soy and canola oil, which are usually genetically modified and sprayed with nasty herbicides like glyphosate. It's one of the few things I used to really miss when keeping my nutrition dialed in, and now I don't have to anymore. It's amazing. You will thank me. Primal Kitchen Mayo. The second is their dark chocolate almond bars. 
made with grass-fed collagen, Turkish almonds, and pumpkin seeds. These are delicious and addicting. I'm a closet fat kid, so I usually buy them when I'm in a position to consume the entire 12-bar box in a matter of days, which is usually how things unfold. The collagen in these bars has been shown to reduce joint pain, improve sleep quality, support skin, hair, and nail growth, and enhance digestion. Many female clients report a more youthful appearance and fewer wrinkles. I love them, and I think you will too. So all you need to do to give them a try is go to primalblueprint.com. That's P-R-I-M-A-L-B-L-U-E-P-R-I-N-T.com. And you can choose one of those two products, Primal Kitchen Mayo, Dark Chocolate Almond Bars, or more than a dozen other products, and Biohacking Secrets approved books, products, and recipes. It's that easy. Go to primalblueprint.com and grab some delicious, healthy food. Enjoy. This episode is brought to you by Millennial Health Systems. Millennial Health Systems engineers innovative and practical light hacking tools for enhancing energy, detoxification, boosting immune function, improving focus, accelerating recovery, and much, much more. They are the brains behind two of my favorite light biohacks, and I've been using them for a long time now myself and with my one-on-one clients, the Theralumin and the Spectrumite. The Spectrumite utilizes frequency and color combinations delivered through 40 high-powered LEDs to increase mitochondrial function, the energy powerhouses in our cells that produce ATP, boost nitric oxide production, and encourage a state of relaxed focus. It's based on NASA research, which found this type of low-level laser therapy, abbreviated LLLT, greatly enhanced the natural wound healing process and more quickly returned patients to a pre-injury and pre-illness level of activity. It's a one-stop shop for all of your light hacking needs. I use both the Spectrumite and the Theralumin every week and consider the Theralumin a cornerstone of the programs I put together to help some of my clients recover from chronic fatigue and other conditions with infectious causation like Lyme disease. The Spectrumite is controlled via Wi-Fi using a smartphone application that's intuitive and easy to use. And the Theralumin has literally two buttons, on and off. It's very simple. You can check out both products at MillennialHealthSystems.com. That's MillennialHealthSystems.com. Two L's and two N's in Millennial. And right now, my listeners, you guys, will get $100 off the Theralumin and $50 off the Spectrumite. Just mention the special code BIOHACKS, B-I-O-H-A-C-K-S, to get that discount. This episode is brought to you by the Wim Hof Method. I've interviewed many health experts over the years and so many of these people who are at the top of their game, world-class in their respective fields, were utilizing this technology that I just had to check it out. And I was absolutely blown away. The Wim Hof Method utilizes a combination of breath work, cold thermogenesis, inversions, exercise, exercise without oxygen, and a number of other ancient techniques to increase neurotransmitter production, improve oxygen utilization, increased circulation, and a whole host of other health benefits. I've used it with many of my clients, and the results have been phenomenal. I have clients that are addicted to it. They say it's better than anything they've tried, whether that's legal, illegal, natural, prescription, um, and it's it's just unmatched in its ability to produce powerful results. So I incorporate strategies from the Wim Hof Method into my weekly routine without fail, 
and it has been a game changer for me. And in terms of ROI, there are few biohacks that produce such powerful results with such a minimal investment. You can learn more about the Wim Hof Method and their 10-week video course at biohackingsecrets.com forward slash Wim Hof. That's W-I-M-H-O-F. So to learn more, just go to biohackingsecrets.com forward slash Wim Hof.